Again, we're in our series, Greater Glory. And we talked last week that the only place to go is up the mountain. If you weren't here, I would really encourage you to get the download of last week. Just one of those Sundays that sets your year. It's almost like a compass. Where am I going? That's where I'm going. Where am I going? I'm going up the mountain. But can we pray? Because it's good to invite the Holy Spirit to touch our lives today. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank You that You are a God who speaks. And when You speak, it's to effect change, whether that's growth change or uh, challenge change, or whether that's to change us to just increase us and to strengthen the things that need strengthening or whether it's to, Lord, to deal with areas that really shouldn't be there. Lord, we open ourselves, we humble ourselves today under Your mighty hand. We receive by faith Your Word spoken out of Your mouth today. Holy Spirit, we invite You into our lives afresh. Be being filled with Your Spirit, Your Word says. And Holy Spirit, we invite You into our minds, into our will. We submit our will to Your will and we say, Your will be done. Your Kingdom come, Jesus, in our lives and through us into our world. And we thank You, Lord, and declare in Jesus' Name. We're not just gonna be hearers of Your Word, we shall be doers of Your Word in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're gonna turn to Haggai chapter one. Thank you, Joyce, you've done an awesome job today. Wonderful. It's great having new people in team and Joyce has just stepped up. She was all... She was all nervous and all, all shy, but with a passion. I just want to worship God in playing my instrument. Oh, fantastic. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up the mountains, bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, we're now down in verse 12, and the, the remnant of all the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. They did what God said. Wouldn't life be easier if we just heard it and did it? Wouldn't kids be easier if they just heard it and did it? <laughs> Dear Lord. I think we need to go into a time of intercessory prayer now for all our children. Just do what I say but I want to do my own thing. I, I do what I want. It will crash and burn then. Well, why don't you learn ahead of time? <laughs> we've been there. We've seen it. We've done it. We've worn the T-shirt. We've proved that it doesn't work. Well, so much more. God has been there, seen it and done it. <laughs> and, he, and He knows what works. Oh, if He says do it, just do it. Look at someone, just say, just do it. Say, stop being foolish. <laughs> oh, come on, you've stopped now, you're laughing at me. Look at them, say, stop being foolish and be wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could go home right now, couldn't we? And that's life changing for some of us. <laughs> They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet. How many of you know God just doesn't sometimes speak to us directly, He speaks to us through people? In fact, nine times out of 10, He speaks to us through people. I could say nine, 999 times out of a thousand, He speaks through people. 
because that's how it works. This is, this is how it's supposed to be. And you know what? 9,998 of those times, it's normally through your wife. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Notice I didn't say through your husband because they just tend to be the silent ones and so the women tell themselves. For <laughs> no, God uses people. He uses people. He's just used Pastor Sally. It's gone really quiet in this place. He's just used Pastor Sally. What does she say? Sign up. Oh, I need to go and pray about it. Why? Why do you need to pray? You don't normally. You only pray when you don't want to do something. Oh, will you pray for me? My life said, will you pray for me? Oh, I'll pray about praying for you. You just don't want to pray. <laughs> oh, I better get off that dodgy ground right now. I need to get right away from that. Oh dear. And they feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, of Joshua. He stirred up all the people. That's called momentum. Everybody say momentum. momentum. Without momentum, stuff is hard work. It's hard work. When you don't have momentum, you put all your energy into doing very little that produces very little results. With momentum, now don't go and say you have to do very little and a lot happens. No, because we never do very little. We always put our shoulder to the plough. We're always hard workers, but you get far abundantly more. You know, I'm fed up of putting one seed in the ground and getting one seed back. About three of us fed up with that. One seed in the ground, one seed back. When you have momentum, this is not quite a good analogy, but you put one seed in the ground, get a hundred back. When there's momentum. In a business, when you got momentum. Just a little aside, I, you know, I speak to business people and I'll just you know, put this in. Identify your seasons of momentum and put all your energy into those seasons. Don't put all your energy into the stuff that just maintains. Put all your energy into the momentum. Yeah, because that's what creates the flood. That's what creates the flow. And you'll be in your flow. Nothing worse. When did I talk about this? Staff meeting the other week. The one I was allowed to be at. So I thought, what can I talk about? Momentum. It's horrible when you stand still. It's even worse when something's trying to pull you backwards. But when you're going forwards, that's, where that, that's not the time to say, oh, it's easy now and just relax. No, put momentum, put energy into your momentum in your life. Identify where it is that God's hand is and God's anointing is. Because that's where it's easy. That's when you're in your flow. That's when you're happiest. Anyway, momentum. He stirred up the people. To have a stirred people is worth its weight in gold. To have a stirred business, to have stirred staff, to have a stirred small group. 
Nothing worse than getting on the phone every day and saying, are you coming? Please come to small group. Please come to small group. Oh, you know, please come, please. We want to encourage people, but dear God, this shouldn't be hard work. It should be the small group people saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to be there. Make it easy for the group. Oh, but when I go, it's not very stirred. We'll stir it. Be the stirrer. Look at someone say, stir it up. Be the stirrer. Yeah. Because when it's stirred, everybody wants to go. More happens. When it's stirred, faith is released. When it's stirred, more, more things happen. You can call it revival if you want. He stirred up the people saying, who can remember what it's supposed to be like in its former glory? How do you see it now? In comparison with what it was, is this not nothing in your eyes? But now don't worry about that. Be strong, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, all the people and work because I'm with you. Interesting, there can be some emphasis in the body of Christ and chill out because God's with you. But no, when, God's, when you know God's with you, what's He looking for? Fruitfulness. It's what He wants to see. He wants to see fruitfulness. He doesn't want to see barrenness. So when you know He's with you, that's where you put your energy. It's this momentum thing again. God's with me. I'm not going to sit down and just bathe in His glory. Of course, we spend time with God. We're intimate with God. Draw close to God. Draw near to God. And we, we understand this. But when we are sensing God is with us and God's presence is among us and God's hand is upon us, you know what you say? What can I do? What can I do? Not what can I feel. You getting anything out of this? What can I do? And work according to the word that I promised you. I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains among you. Do not fear for thus says the Lord of hosts. And this is what this series and this year is all about. Once more, I'm going to shake everything. Heaven and earth, see the dry land. I will shake all the nations. And the result is they will come to the desire of all nations. His name is Jesus Christ. And they shall come to the desire. Desire of all nations, I will fill this temple, this house, this church with glory, says the Lord of hosts. In the middle of the shaking and God releasing His glory, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be far greater, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. I will give shalom, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, says the Lord of hosts. Let's give God some praise for His Word this morning, shall we? That's an awesome, awesome, awesome passage that we are standing on. It is time for God's greater glory to invade and impact our reality. We talked about this last week and I couldn't get past what I just said there. So today I'm going to carry on where we left off last week. Isaiah 58 verse 14, it says, I will cause you to walk on the high places of the earth. God wants to elevate your life. He wants us to be in a higher place this year than we were last year. He wants us to be in a higher place today than we were yesterday. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. God wants to transform us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. The life 
God has for us is a life of increase. We spent the last six months of the church going inward. We talked about the qualities of the character of God and of the Christian, which, has, which is faith and uh, virtue and kindness and godliness and um, self-control. Incredible things that we need to embrace and we need to have. So as a church, we're not unbalanced and it's all about prosperity and increase and winning and great and I'm gonna be the best and we're gonna be the best. That's not what this church is all about. Fundamentally at our very heart, we're all about this, know God. Know God, have a relationship with God and as a result of of our intimacy with God, we find freedom as we come into relationship with people. And as we do that, we discover our purpose And as we discover our purpose, we can make a difference in our world. This is who we are. But everything stems from, no God, that's not foundational, that's through everything. It's not just a foundation that you build from, It's it's, it's something you build into every part of your life. But God desires that as we stay close to Him, as we love Him, as we love people, as we connect with His people and as we connect with Him, God wants us to be elevated. He says, humble yourself and I will exalt you in due time. Exaltation is on the agenda. Three points today. Number one, we were born to build. We were born to build. As an individual, as a church, we're born to build strong. We're born to build something that's not temporary, but permanent. We're born to build something which is glorious, that pleases God. We were born to build. There's something, we talk about this in July, but you know, there's something about how a church builds which glorifies God that we think long-term, we don't just think short-term. We're here for the generations, not just for the moment. God wants us to build long-term. He wants us to build with the future in mind. The first time I heard a a guy, a gentleman, ah, just changed my life, Brian Clemmer. He stood here on this platform. In fact, the first time I'd heard him before, but he stood here and he said, I've got a 500-year plan for my life. And that didn't make any sense to me. I thought, dear God, you're going to be old. (laughs) I believe in 120, but 500? It's just amazing. And then he got into, hey, but, you know, just like King David, when God spoke to David, said, you're not going to build my temple because you shed too much blood. Nothing changed in his plan. He carried on building it. He didn't put the bricks in order. But he prepared everything. Why? Because it was still his vision. It was still something he would produce. And you know what? It's still called, I know it's Solomon's temple, but it's David's temple. He designed it. He made all the musical instruments for it. He wrote the music for it. He put the teams together for it. All Solomon did was pick up and he said, well, I'll just do everything David did, my dad. 
He had a long-term plan, long-term plan. Long-term plan. As a church, we have a long-term long plan. What about as a person? You know, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, He could have come as so many different things. He could have come as a farmer. He could have come as a rabbi. He could have come as, could have come as anything. You know what He came as? A builder. You may say, oh, a carpenter. No, a builder. Carpenters back then were builder. Builder, they, you know, they weren't going around there carving ornate tables and chairs. They were building houses. He came as a builder. Why? Because the thing that's more on God's heart than anything else is building. He says so many times through His Word, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build that. I'm going to build this. When you, when you see something, Moses, build this according to pattern. Take heed how you build your life, it says. We are builders. God's called us to be builders because we're created in the image of His glory. <coughs> you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. He talks about the fact He will build a city. God loves cities. I know we're in a generation now where more and more and more the world will be cities. We understand that. You know, cities are sprawling out. More and more we're going from a, a small mentality of the villages and the towns and we're becoming cities. And I'm not going to say that, you know, as a, as a social thing, that's right or wrong or spiritual or whatever. But you know what? It is on the heart of God. God talks about cities. Abraham was called out to build a city. When heaven and earth collide, what's going to come down? A new city where everybody lives. That's an amazing thought. <laughs> Let's not go there. What else does he build? He builds big people. He builds people of substance and strength on the inside. When God gets on your case, he builds your life. He wants you to be strong enough to endure whatever you go through. You know, he wants you to be faithful enough that even in the hard times, we're faithful to God. And faithful to people. He wants His love strong enough that when you're hurt more than you've been ever hurt before, you have a compassion to forgive. He wants to build a joy so strong on the inside that when all the pressures of life are on you and you're enduring like you never have before, it's not by might nor by power, it's by my spirit of joy, says the Lord, that the joy of the Lord is so strong on the inside. He wants to build us financially that we don't have to keep, you know, believing God for miracles. We pray for miracles. We were praying for what for, you know, for miracles today. On Prayer Mountain, we're believing God for miracles. But harvest is far better. Amen. Harvest, what have you got in the ground? What have you invested? What have you got in the ground in so many ways? What have you sown into your life? What have you sown into your future? What have you sown into your family? As parents, how many times do you say, you know, we're believing God. It's seed sown into the lives of our children. They will not depart from it and there will be a harvest because we've sown prayers, we've sown tears, we've sown the Word of God, we've sown attending church, we've sown, 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 sown and they are a harvest. 
We don't want just to have a mentality of God intervene and do a miracle. We want a, a harvest mentality that we're not thinking today, how can we get through today? We're thinking now, what am I gonna need in five years time? Okay, I'm believing God. Uh, this, is, this is how we work. What you sow, you reap whether that's financially or in any other way. But, but, you know, we're not just here trying to pay the bills. We're investing in our future so the future's bills are paying for themselves. Amen. Hello? Amen. We need to build on purpose with quality materials. Why? Because buildings don't build themselves. Lives don't just build themselves. If there's nothing on purpose, you will be the, res the result. You will be the consequence. You will be the outcome of whatever it is you've wandered through in life. The mentality of the people you hang out with will be your mentality unless you purposefully build the mentality of the kingdom. Ah, but I'm a Christian and I go to church and I pray. Yeah, but what do you build in your mind? What do you build in your thoughts? The architect doesn't build the building. You see, people say, oh, Psalm 27, unless the Lord builds the house, they labour in vain who build it. So who builds the house? Nobody wants to say, do they? The Lord, no. <laughs> Unless the Lord builds the house, they labour in vain who build it. The labourers build the house. The Lord is the architect. I've got a good friend. He's a, he's a developer. You'd call him a house builder. He's never laid a brick in his life. Hello? But you'd call him a house builder. He is a developer. He's never developed anything in his life. He sits at his desk. He buys and sells, he gets the designs done, he gets the reports done. He says, go build it. He doesn't want to turn up on the building site the next day and everyone's saying, well, unless you do it, we're not doing it. Unless you do it, no one's going to build. But isn't that so often the mentality of the church? Oh God, come and build. No, you do the building. We do the building. We build our lives. How do we build our lives? Oh, <laughs> How do we build our lives? We build our lives on purpose. We get the blueprints, of course, but we build our lives on purpose. Invest in your own life. Number one, invest in your own life. Number two, invest in your church. Invest in the church. The church is not there to build you. You're there to build the church. Oh, that's about four people got hold of that one. Oh, I come to God to I come to church to get my miracle. No, you don't. You come to church to be a blessing. To be empowered to go and give a miracle to somebody else Monday to Saturday. Don't come to church to get a miracle. That's the easiest way to get a crowd is build a church on a miracle mentality. Come and get your miracle. Come and get your blessing. Come and get your cup of tea. Come and get some oil on you. Come and just, just come and we'll give you something. It's tough to build a church the kingdom way. Which says, come and study one another and see how you can stir them up for love and good works. 
when you come, don't, you know, come and be a blessing rather than come and be blessed. Oh, I've come to get my blessing, Pastor. You come to the wrong place. Oh, come to get your blessing. Come to be a blessing. Build your church. Look at someone say, invest in your own life. Look at someone else say, invest in the church. What else do we invest in? We invest in the kingdom. Oh, well, I didn't expect you to say that, but that was good. See, that's momentum. Invest in the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are two different things. The kingdom is the rule of God in the earth where the king reigns. The kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is the power of God and the healing of God. The church is the people that have the kingdom living in them to pour out the kingdom into the world out of our heart. The kingdom won't be around you when I go, Jesus said. The kingdom will be in you. And what does it do when it's in us? Gets poured out. Poured out to the people around us. The kingdom is love. The kingdom is joy. The kingdom is forgiveness. The king we need to invest in those things. So number one is we were born to build. Not born to vegetate, born to build. Born to build. Number two, go up. This is fundamental to today's message. Okay, Philippians chapter three, we're just gonna turn there, read a few verses from seven to 14. But what things were gained to me, the Apostle Paul says, these I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count the things that are loss, uh, sorry, I count all things, it's trying to really difficult reading blue. <laughs> what is this about? No, it won't change. I normally touch it three times on an iPad and it goes from, it, it goes the negative images. It's really difficult. Pray for me. I need a, I need a miracle. <laughs> Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them as Rubbish. Greek word there is dung, poo. I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own uh, righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the uh, resurrection of the, of the dead, from the dead. We sang earlier, by Your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. We're not just talking there about a one-time resurrection. We're talking about resurrection life powering through our lives on a daily basis. When we walk into dead things, they come alive. Resurrection life, the abundant resurrection life of God. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that 
for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the downward call of God. In Is that what it says? I thought I'd be stoned by now. You guys who are hungry for the truth, I thought you'd be throwing something. The upward call. You see, a religious spirit will take you down. It's a downward thing. But the spirit of life is about upwards. The upward call. The upward call. God is not calling you sideways. He's not even calling you forwards. He's calling you upwards. He's calling us as a church upwards. He's calling me as an individual upwards. He's causing you as an he's calling you as an individual upwards. God's an upward moving God, an upwardly mobile God. The prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It calls it the high calling of God in some translations. The high call. We all know God's ways are higher than our ways. Now, people only quote half of those verses. Oh, God. Your ways are higher than our ways, God. Your word is higher. Your ways are higher. But the next word is but. <laughs> I love the buts in the Bible. It says, it was that, but now it's this. Or people think it's that, but there's a better way. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your words are higher than our, our, our words. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Oh God, and we're just down here as ignorant, no goods who don't know what to do. No, he says, but as your word comes down like the rain and doesn't return, it waters the ground, it prospers where I sent it. It's not gonna return empty. His ways are higher than our ways, but that's why He talks to us. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but that's why He talks to us. This is why we've got to listen, because otherwise you live in your thoughts and your ways. You live in the world's thoughts and the world's ways, but if we listen to God, we can live in God's thoughts and God's ways, which are higher. There's a higher life. There's higher living in God. And it's fundamentally based in His Word. We're dealing in this series with the mountaintop. He said, go up the mountain, get wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it. We've talked about we need to be builders. We need to build on purpose, on a daily basis, not just on a monthly basis. If you build once a month, you never finish a building. In fact, it'll probably fall down before you finish it. We need to build daily. When we, you know, our extension, we built our extension. Um, man alive, I remember when we dug the trenches. I built it myself. I didn't put the bricks on, but I did everything else. I did the plumbing, the electrics, um, did the floors, the ceilings. I did the wiring. I didn't do the plastering or the brickwork. I did everything else. And I can remember when we dug the foundation and we poured in the concrete. And I thought, well, I'm committed now. Otherwise, I'm, you know, because we'd knocked down the back of our house. 
I did that. Oh, it was great. I did that. It was great. I had a few scaffold poles through the walls holding it up on a couple of acros. Oh, Jesus. My word. Oh, health and safety. Well, that's a whatever. Okay, well, I'm going to take it down and get something back up as quick as we can. We took the whole back of the house off. The roof was just sitting. It's not, ah! It was fine, Sharon. It was good. It was fine. I told her it was at the time. There we go. Oh, my word. The whole back of the house was open. And we poured the trenches. We started to build the foundations. I thought, well, I'm committed now. We're committed now. Once you're born, you're committed. What are you going to build? You've got a life to build. Don't sit down as a half-completed building site. Build. Build something. Build strong. Don't say, well, it's fine that the whole backside of my life is hanging off. It's fine, I've got no plumbing. No, let's not go there. That's not right. Um, it's fine. You know, it's fine. I haven't done the wiring. That's fine. We got no hot water. That's okay. Haven't gone to bedroom, but that's all right. Haven't got a kitchen, but that's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. We need to build something. Build on purpose. Build from the plans of God. Build, 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 build. Learn how to build on purpose. Get into God's Word. It's His Word that'll build us up in our most holy faith as we get into God's Word. Where do we get this from? The mountaintop. The mountaintop is a risky place. God lives there. And if you're going to go into the presence of God and get something from God, something's got to change. Something's going to happen. You can't go into the presence of God and come down and say everything's the same. You can't do it. We're just about to sing some, a whole load of new songs in the church. One's called Holy Ground. Oh, in fact, I think it's the first one we're doing. It'll come out in a couple of weeks and it's another anthem. And there's this great word, it's this great chorusy bit. It says chains break and lives healed and whatever else. Jesus, you change everything. Is that just going to be a song or is that going to be a life? Is that just going to be a new song we sing? Isn't that great? And the chords are lovely and the band sing it so well. And it's, and it's, oh, it's just awesome to sing, Jesus, you change everything. Is that what's really going to happen? Or are we going to say, no, not having that changing. I'm not having that changing. I'm not having, no, come on, let's be open to change. Let's be open for change in our lives. The mountaintop is a risky place. I just got this in my notes. I don't know whether I want to say this. Too many people are playing it safe. Too many people are playing it safe. What's the answer? Go up. Look at someone, say, go up. Look at another 32 people and say, go up. I'm counting. Go up, 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 go up. On the back row there, go up. On the middle rows over here, go up. Lovely lady smiling at me with the glasses, nodding. Go up in Jesus' name. Go up. You going up? Go up. Go up. Go up. That's the answer. To go up. Too many people playing it safe. Don't surrender to a life in the valley. 
Let that sink in a little bit. Don't settle for life on the plateau. We were born for more of God. We were born for the higher life. We were born for God's best. As a generation, everybody wants to succeed now. That's the thing. I just want to make a difference. I want to feel valuable. (laughs) Let's let's stop simply talking about how great we're going to be. Let's stop simply talking about what an amazing entrepreneur you're going to make and get your climbing shoes on. Get your climbing shoes on because nothing's going to be handed to you on a plate. Nothing's going to be handed to you on a plate. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to do some climbing. But I don't feel like it today. Welcome to life. Welcome to life. Whole load of things I don't feel like doing. Let's not just talk about how great we're going to be. Let's climb up a mountain. It's not a gentle pastime, this life we're in. It's, it's 120 years of passionate press. press. Paul said, I'm still pushing. Push, 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 push. Everything else is rubbish and dung. I've just got this stirred up energy on the inside because going up will change your life. It changes everything. It'll change how you sow and reap. It'll change putting stuff in your pockets with holes in your pockets. This is back in chapter one. It'll change the drought that you're experiencing. It'll change the famine that you're experiencing. It affects worship, it affects faith, it affects up on the mountain. In fact, let's just go up there and see what we get on the mountain. Number three, get cedar wood. So number one, we were born to build. Number two, go up. Number three, what are we gonna get on the mountain? What does that mean? Going up the mountain, can I say this is a pre Uh, requisite to living the abundant life. The tools for the abundant life are found in a number of different things, but they're found on the mountaintop. Some things can only be obtained up on the mountain. Let's have the band up. Some things can only be obtained up on the mountain. I'm 52 years old. I know that's a Amazing thing. I think about 52. What have I learned? Not as much as other people. Perhaps a bit more than some. But I've learned that life is full of Lots of different stuff that life throws you, throws you valleys. Important to identify a valley. You don't rebuke a valley. Now that's an that's a eye-opener to a lot of people. Oh, I'm going through a tough time. I'm just going to take authority over the devil. We are an authority over the devil kind of church. Absolutely. But the valley is a place. It's not a devil. 
This is eye-opening for some people. What do you get in the valley? Well, firstly, the valley is temporary, but it's also necessary. What is the valley? It's a place of determination. It's a place of determination. It's where people say, I'm not giving up. You don't even have a thought of giving up on the mountaintop. But you think about giving up in the valley. But you know what? You need to do that. You need to go through that. Not you need to give up. You need to go through it. Because until you face those sorts of giants, you don't know how strong you are. You don't know what's in you until you've had to pull it out of you. You don't know what's in you. It's great to have the theory on the mountaintop. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. On the mountaintop, wonderful. Yeah, you can. What are the all things? Go through the valley. I can go through the valley through Christ who strengthens me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. A place of determination. It's a place of perseverance. It's a place of endurance. What do you get in the valley? You get experience. You get experience. You get a reality check. Oh, this is a generation. Oh, get real, get real as though faith isn't real. Faith is the most real thing you can ever get hold of. But you don't just work faith out as a theory. You work faith out when you have to take a head off a giant. You work faith out when you've got to shout and the walls of Jericho come down. You work faith out when you're standing in front of the Red Sea and the army's about to take your head off and you put your staff in and God splits the Red Sea. You work faith out out in your daily life. You don't just theorise faith out in the presence of God. You work faith out, you walk faith out. So what do you get in the valley? You get a reality check. Where is my relationship with God and where is my faith? That's how you found it out, is in the valley. But equally, up on the mountain is not a permanent place of residence. You don't live on the mountain top. But it's a place we need to go to. It's a place where God and man meet. It's a place of visitation. It's a place where God reveals His Word. He reveals His plan for your life. He reveals there was a time Jesus went up on the mountain and it says He met with Elijah and Moses. And on the mountain of transfiguration, He had a facelift. His face changed, the Bible said. Even Jesus experienced transformation on the mountaintop. And on the mountaintop, up until that point, he knew about the plan of salvation. But the Bible says on the mountaintop, Moses and Elijah discussed with him about his departure from the world. Wow. The next phase of his life was revealed on the mountaintop. Oh, I don't know what to do. Go up on the mountain. God will talk to you on the mountaintop. Don't just look to the mountains from where your help comes from, that's, a good, that's, that's great while you're in the valley. But go up the mountain. You getting anything out of this today? Go up the mountain. It's a place of intervention. It's a place of inspiration. You see, we get good ideas on the ground, but we get God ideas on the mountaintop. What do we get on the mountaintop as we close? Number one, we get glory and honour. Oh, to, to, to know the honour of God upon your life. 
Those who honour me, I will honour, says the Lord. We're just about to go into a first fruits. What's first fruits all about? It's honouring the Lord with your substance. Oh, Pastor Jay, you're talking about that again. You better believe it. We can only start this year once. We're going to honour God. I've had Every year I have people asking me, oh, does that mean I have to give my whole salary? You don't have to give anything. What do you want to give? What do you want to do? For some people, they give five grand. For other people, they give five pounds. What do you want to do? How are you going to honour God with your substance. This is not your tithe or your offering. This is not your normal thing you do in January or February. Don't sort of give in a hundred pounds and then not give for the next two months. You've not, you've not honoured. Does, does this make sense? This is over and above. This is in, a, in addition to, we give our tithes and offerings every month. That's great. What are we gonna do at the start of this year to honour God? To know the honour and the glory of God in our lives is a wonderful, wonderful thing. What else do we get on the mountaintop? We get the blueprints, the architect's plans for our life on the mountaintop. I don't know what to do, Pastor Jay. Why don't you go up the mountain? Spend some time with God and watch and see what the Lord will say. God will reveal. God's not playing hide and seek. He doesn't want you to be out there in the dark. There are times we step out not knowing where we're going, but we still hear His voice saying, step out. So you have got direction. Ah, oh, God just told me to walk. We'll start walking. Well, not until I can see it all. No, God had said, walk, walk. Get going. Get going. <laughs> what else do we get on the mountaintop? We get the materials for the building. The verse we're reading, go up the mountain, get wood and build. You get the building blocks of life on the mountaintop. What else do we get? Authority. Genesis 22. Oh, one of my favourite, favourite passages in the Bible. Abraham is told to sacrifice his only begotten son. He gets really excited about it. He says to his servants, we're both going up the mountain. I'm going to kill him. God's going to raise him from the dead. We're both coming back down. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the most outstanding show I've ever seen. I'm going to stand back and God's going to raise my son from a pile of ashes. He goes up the mountain, he's just about to do it. And God says, stop. And he goes, oh no. I was looking forward to this. It's gonna be amazing. He said, no, you don't have to do it because you've already done it in your heart. But what has changed today is now you have authority over your enemies. Wow. When we go up the mountain, it's a fresh day. It's a new day of authority. Oh, I just seem to be beaten up by the enemies, left, right and centre. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Yeah, right, they're prospering against me. Go up the mountain. Go up the mountain. You don't get more authority as a Christian, but come on, you can enter into the authority of God in a greater way. What else do you get from the mountain top? Oh, as we close today. That's where Elijah thrashed the prophets of Baal. On the mountaintop, fire fell, completely burnt up the sacrifice and destroyed the prophets of Baal. What'd you get on the mountaintop? Victory! Victory over your enemies. One Kings 18. After that experience with the 
the prophets of Baal, Elijah went up the mountain. He sat there with his head between his knees and started praying. And he said, I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. You hear something different when you're on the mountain top. What are you listening to? It's all gonna go wrong. It'll never break through. Or can you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? He had a servant there. He kept saying, go and have a look. He didn't look. He stayed there in, in the place on the mountain top. He said, go and have a look for the clouds. And the guy would come back, can't see anything. Oh, I can see it, I can hear it. Go on, go again. Seven times sent him backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Last time he came back and said, I can see the cloud like a man's hand coming out, coming over from the sea. He said, you better go and tell Ahab to get going because I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I can hear it in Citygate. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain for your life, for my life. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain for the United Kingdom. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain, the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God starting to move, God raising people up into a new day of His glory, a new day of His power, a new day of His shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain for London. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain for your life. What are you listening to today? Come on, let's stand to our feet in this place. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. What a great day to be listening in a day of praying and fasting as a church, as a month of praying and fasting. God's got victory for our lives. He's got blueprints for our lives. He's got the best far abundantly above you could ever ask or imagine. What a day to be alive. Let's close our eyes for just a moment and lift our hands and or if you feel comfortable with that, perhaps you want to get on your knees. I don't know what you want to do. Lord, as we stand in your presence, We are very aware we're standing on a mountain top right now. We're standing in Your presence. We're standing here with each other. We're standing by faith with expectation. We're on the mountain. We thank You that the veil is torn in two. We got access right into Your throne room. We don't even have to gaze into Your throne room. We come right in by faith, a new and living way. We thank You, Lord, that today all things are possible that You're inspiring, You're speaking, You're revealing. And we declare, we commit to being a people who lay hold of the hope set before us. Lay hold of Your plan for our lives. Lay hold of the architect's plans. Lay hold of the building materials of life. To build on purpose as we walk through this life's journey. We thank You God that Whatever we put our hand to will prosper. We know these things are true, but God, we don't just want to build casually. We declare over 2018 a year of fruitfulness, a year of greater glory than we've ever known before. We 
Thank you, God, that you will show yourself strong and do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. According to the power of God that works on the inside of us. Like Paul, God, today we press in in Jesus' Name. We press in, we press up. We press in higher. We thank You, God, for transition. Lord, for all those people here today that have been living in a valley. We thank You for the valley. We give thanks in the valley. Come on, perhaps that's you today. Perhaps you need to stop moaning about the valley and start thanking God for the valley. Why don't we all just thank Him for the valley? Just and we don't need to shout or whatever, but say, come on, this has been really tough. It's been a challenge, but thank You for the valley, God. Thank You for the valley. Thank You for what it's teaching me. Thank You for what it's revealing in my life. Thank You for what it's developing in me. Thank You, God. God doesn't send catastrophe, but He strengthens us in the valley. Come on, make it a step out. Why don't you thank Him? It may be the hardest thing. Thank you, God, in my valley. For those on a plateau, perhaps you've been stuck in the same position. Perhaps it's, a, it's an income thing, same standard of life. You've been stuck in a in a, a family where God's not really breaking through. You, you know, perhaps you've been stuck in your spiritual life. Well, come on, today it's time to hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It's time to hear something different. It's time to hear God say, come up higher. It's time to hear God say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. The glory's gonna be your rear guard. Your healing's gonna spring forth speedily. Whatever you put your hand to is gonna prosper. Come on. It's time to go up the mountain, get wood and build in Jesus' Name. Father, we commit to the mountaintop today. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout in this place today. Come on, why don't you thank Him for it?